The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. With me tonight are Susan Timberlake and uh, the, I don't know... What's the adjective? I usually call genre inimitable. What do you want to be? Um, sure, that works. <laughs> those are, those are all good. I I, I was going to go with terrifying, but you know. Uh, 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 the uh, 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 scientifically literate and terrifying Stacy Cooney running our board and and chiming in. Um, and I say that because don't don't make her angry. Y- you wouldn't like her when she's angry. Oh, she'll just shut off our mics. We, you know, she's got the control power. I would just like to say that all mistakes in audio tonight are mine. All mistakes in facts or opinions are solely those of our guests. <laughs> Unless you offer one. <laughs> An opinion, I mean. <laughs> um I think we'll. I think we can all agree that anything stupid coming out of somebody's mouth probably comes out of mine. So, um, before we get into that, uh, as always, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us in a few different ways. Um, there's our email, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. We also can be found on the Facebooks, which is uh, facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio, and the Twitters. We are at civilpoliticsfm. There's also a website out there uh, with links to previous shows and stuff we talk about, supplemental episodes, things like that. Uh, and that is, quite simply, civilpoliticsradio.com. Um, when we put up links to things uh, we're talking about, uh, either during the show or after, we try to use the hashtag civil references to make it easier for you kids uh, playing along at home. And, uh, yeah, and like I said, we'd love to hear from you, so uh, uh, even during the show. So, um, Gosh, <laughs> in some ways it's been a heck of a week, and in some ways it's been like, eh, whatever, you know, same old, same old. Same week we've been dealing with for the last 52, right? Yeah, <laughs> or, or, and more. Um, I don't, like, <clears throat> all right, just to, just to sort of, a uh, uh, springboard is going, because, like, uh, you and I were both sort of like, ah, where do we start <laughs> with this? You know, it's like... Uh. <laughs> it's like a, you know, a, a like a, I don't know, a tangled string of like, you know, like the Christmas cranberry things, you know, and it's all tangled up in the tinsel and you're like, how do I string this up? Uh, where's the loose end? Um, uh, it's I, all loose ends. Though. It's all loose ends and it's all tangled up. But one of the things we talked about, uh, I think it was last week and certainly it's a thing you've mentioned before is you, you have... Not an admiration. That's that's not that's too strong. But like sort of a a grudging kind of respect for President Trump because, as you say, yeah, he's kind of dumb, but dumb like a fox. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, the the story that came out about uh, uh, how he was talking about uh, meeting with uh, Canadian. Uh, Prime Minister oh, yeah. Pierre Trudeau, or not Pierre, uh, Justin Trudeau. Pierre <laughs> yes. Trudeau was his father, Prime Minister back in the 70s and 80s. And Gary was the cartoonist. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Always to separate those three. Uh, yes, indeed. And uh, Jane Pauley married the cartoonist. Uh, I didn't know I grew that. up on the Today Show, you know? I love that show. Her and Tom Brokaw. 
got me out of out of bed in high school or junior high a lot. So, any yeah, so yeah. Um, any who wrote the Greatest Generation, which was not about my generation. Yeah, <laughs> actually, nor yours, nor nor Stacy's, nor yeah, it was you about the world. You kidding? War II. I, have to, I have to get off those people's lawns. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, President Trump talked about how uh, they'd gone into this conversation and. Uh, Prime Minister Trudeau had said, well, you know, they're actually, you know, the U.S. doesn't have a trade uh, deficit with Canada. It's actually a trade surplus. And Trump said, no, 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 you're wrong. And that's Mr. Trudeau was right. Trump yes. was wrong. But he just, you know, he doesn't know and he doesn't care. And 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 the he's, great car salesman. Ugh, and he's <laughs> just right. Well, that's that is. That that's actually a bar that I would expect any elected official to clear, and especially the president. And it's just like like so. Part of what Trump, uh, how Trump sold himself to to people who voted for him. One of the things he said in his favor was, you know, that he'd make great deals, the best deals. And he keeps talking about what terrible deals the United States has for trade and whatnot. But you know, how can he? Offer up uh, an opinion of of uh, a range of agreements uh, that he doesn't understand and doesn't know anything about, and h- certainly how can he negotiate improvements upon them when he doesn't even know the current situation? Like, you know, it, it'd be like, well, uh, Stacy, I think the the way to treat you know what you need is you need to take this medicine to because your cholesterol is too high, and you say, well, what are the test results? And I say, well, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Go. <laughs> yeah, it does. My cholesterol's low. I don't need have high cholesterol. Well, I still think you should take this stuff for high cholesterol anyways. And how does that <laughs> I know how he does it. By firing the doctor and hiring another one that he likes the answer. Exactly. Yeah. One that went to a uh Caribbean uh, medical school, perhaps. And that's exactly what he did either today or yesterday. He fired his chief economic advisor, and he's going to hire some dude off of uh, uh, MSNBC. or Oh, Larry Kudlow. He's hiring. Yeah. Although he told Larry Kudlow he had the job, so Larry Kudlow did a stupid thing. He told everybody he had the job. Before and, he got it. You mean? And Yeah, and Trump doesn't like that, so now he hasn't made the announcement. So we'll see. But Larry Kudlow, I think we talked about him before. You thought he started the Tea Party thing. And I said, no, he's the guy who's an investment banker type and advisor who stood up in the middle of the whole thing when they when people were saying we're losing our homes. Why are you bailing out the banks? And he's saying, but what about us too, us investment bankers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he was shameless on on uh, his show, whatever the show was. Yeah, so. he also um, think of the third homeless. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. also at one point on his show, uh, when we were already well into the recession, was proclaiming that he didn't see any recession. Yeah, he th- thought that we were doing just fine. He's on uh, r- the local radio. There's some syndicated, not our, sh- not our channel but some syndicated show on one of the other local channels here and if and you ever want to listen to him it's like oh no he's, he's not gonna be <laughs> yeah he's on cnbc i think it is a cnbc i think it's program. cnbc yep. yeah hard to know but I it's just yeah it's sort of uh, s- scary that he's going to choose him as his economic but he was against the tariffs, and then he met with Trump, and all of a sudden, he, that's perfectly fine with him. Well, <laughs> uh, Newt Gingrich has been a free trade uh, advocate for for decades. You know, he was one of the people who you know helped push through NAFTA back in the '90s. But 
you know, he's basically come out as a protectionist over the past year because, you know, like, you know, oh, that's he, where you sell books right now. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I, well, and you know, if, if you're someone like him, you want to be in Trump's orbit because Trump's the, the, the person in charge sort of in conservative circles. Nudie's very interesting. I heard him talk over, I think he was at Amherst college about four or five years ago. And I went to see him in person because I knew he was a good talker and he, he, he was pretty, he was pretty good, but he also can say things about Trump and, and say them in such a way that Trump doesn't get mad at him. It's the weirdest thing. You know, he'll just say, well, this is, you know, this is a, a really bad move, but you know, this might happen and that might happen. And then we'll see where it goes. He, he's very good at sort of, you can hear from uh, Newt Gingrich what you want to hear sometimes if you're, if you're try listening very closely. <laughs> yeah. If you listen really closely and the students really liked him and he talked a lot about, um, uh, devices and, and technology. It was, I wondered where he'd go that he could talk to somebody at like Amherst college and that it was a sellout crowd. It was very interesting. Well, and I was entertained too. So, do remember that Amherst College has many a trust fund Phillips Academy alumni. Um, you know, it it is a liberal place, but there are a lot of dyed in the wool, uh, moneyed conservatives there as well. Uh, do remember that this is the campus that used to be uh, the home base for Hadley Arkies, who oh, I don't know for what. Hadley Arkies, he is a um, conservative pundit uh, and one of his uh, sort of well-known positions slash uh, sort of causes is basically uh, taking abortion rights away from women. Oh. So uh, spell, say his last name, Arkies? A-R-K-E-S. Oh, okay. Lovely man. Don't agree with any of his positions on anything. Interesting. And his, you said his home base was uh, Amherst College. Yeah. Huh. Well, anyway, so if there's people that can say things about Trump, in the, and they're always in the media. They're always, at least on the shows that I watch, they're, they're always on talking about it. It's very interesting that he hasn't distanced them. But he usually gives them some credit for something that would stroke his ego at the very end of his sentence. So maybe he knows how to... I'm talking about Newt Gingrich, talking about yeah, yeah. Trumpster. Pre President Trump... Uh, he certainly thin-skinned, but I think more than anything, uh, he cares about ratings. And if he's getting talked about, I think that he has – like I, I, I saw an interview with people a few years ago talking about uh, him after Comedy Central did a roast of him. And apparently making jokes about like like how his suit is terrible or his hair looks dumb or, you know, he's uh, – uh, you know, his marital infidelity and, and – and, uh, uh, you know, treating people he does business with shabbily and all kinds of things. Apparently, there were very few things that he indicated that he would be upset if they talked about. Yeah. Um, I think as much as anything, just like so long as they're talking about him, I think, he, you know, he can just sort of gloss over. I forget what Obama said him about said about him at that um, dinner, the journalists, the Washington. Uh, whatever he said, though, it did get to Trump. I can't think of what you remember. Obama just cut him, cut him into pieces. I, I, oh, it was about being uh, making decisions about. Um, yes, on, President uh, Obama contrasted deciding whether or not to get Osama bin Laden with deciding whether or not to fire Meatloaf on that reality show. He was yeah, in. that's right. Yeah, and that really did get to him. That actually got him. So well, because people laughed. But people well, are laughing at him all the time. <laughs> I, th I think that, I think he noticed those people laughing. I don't know. <coughs> well, but what an amazing week Tillerson is 
out. <laughs> yeah, Secretary of State Ralph, uh, uh, Ralph Rex Tillerson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who arguably is one of the worst secretaries of state we've ever had, but. And we thought he I, was close to the Russians, and yet he criticized them just before he got sacked. I, yeah, it's 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 there's well, we're never uh, sure what the story is. I think that's yeah, part of no, it. I mean, I I I, I uh, broke down and shared one of my sort of paranoid conspiracy theories that you know I wish was just laughable and stupid, which was just you know if you were uh, uh, Vladimir Putin and you wanted to hamstring U.S. foreign policy. Getting a, a, a buddy of, of yours that you, yeah. the head of Exxon Mobil, who you've given the Friend of Russia award to, uh, uh, who basically ha- basically thinks his job as Secretary of State is to make sure that they uh, they they spend less at the State Department, and um, uh, you know not fill most of the upper level diplomat positions, you know like so. Our, our whole foreign policy apparatus is working is is barely functioning and you know uh if you wanted to like blow up the uh, ability of the u.s to influence world events that would be a great way to do it so it, it should be just absurd it should be just you know but there's a me putting on the tinfoil <laughs> hat because i can't sleep at four in the morning but I don't it crossed think it, your mind. <laughs> it, the thing is, like at four in the afternoon, it probably crossed it, a lot of people's minds. It, it seems not totally, you know, ridiculous, and that that to me is a bar again. Like that should be cleared by important government officials, you know. <laughs> so I heard John Dickerson say something this week, which was just it was like a throwaway comment. But they were all everybody was complaining on a lot of the news shows about how bad the turnover is in the chaos. And John Dickerson said, um, um, you know, the levels are so high, and they were comparing it to you know Reagan and Carter got rid of his whole uh, cabinet at one point because of the malaise that was taking over. The, I mean, he was trying to show that he had open a new door and you know this just far outstrips that and then dickerson said um dickinson said um so you know you don't really see anything like that unless you it's a ta- hostile takeover of a company and i was thinking that's exactly what it is it's like it, but trump's Trump, already the ceo yeah but when you when you take over a company you put in your ceo and they dismantle absolutely every system and get rid of all the existing culture and they change out that's that's what people do when they, it's a hostile takeover Okay. Of, of an organization. And I thought that was very insightful because that is exactly how, I think we've talked about this before, flattening the bureaucracy and, and really changing an organization so that you can make it into a different shape. And so I, I, I think that is pretty consistent with what Trump is doing. Is He's dismantling it. I mean, Bannon said it, you know, dismantling the deep state. But I think Trump is really actually doing it, not, not for any interest of anybody besides his own. I mean, he's basically doing it for his own purposes. I think that's the important difference, though, is that I think that Trump is doing it simply by being Trump. I don't think that he is doing it in any conscious way as a part of any plan whatsoever. I think that he just... He gets opposition, he cuts off their head. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is that he, you know, that all of the new picks are all extreme yes people oh and john bolton for um i think he was going to put him in as national security advisor is the the rumor Uh, instead of is it hr mcmaster yeah which hasn't he hasn't been let go yet but no well it's they're denying it so it's imminent i mean on the one (laughs) hand uh the idea that that trump wants to put in toadies is of course yes obviously that's that's totally how he operates 
And at the same time, let's consider the fact that the people he's shoving out and replacing with, you know, people he, you know, with, with the new crowd of obsequious yes people or whatever are his own people. It's not like, you know, this was a, a an existing structure that he came in and now he's replacing. Oh, yeah. You know, he's people replacing left over. the people he put in. He's yeah. replacing his own people. Yeah. And especially when he gets dissatisfied with them for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. And if he could get rid of Jeff Sessions, you have the feeling he would be gone in a heartbeat. Well, he can get rid of Jeff Sessions. He just uh, hasn't for, for whatever reason. Well, the Senate, remember they wrote a letter and they said that they wouldn't confirm anybody new? I, right when they first started to talk about it, they were the Senate and the House were actually pretty, uh, the Republicans at the time were pretty together Well, but on they that. also have to confirm the Secretary of State. I don't know if they have to confirm the National Security Advisor. I, I can't remember if that's one of the confirmable. Condoleezza uh, Rice, I don't think she went through a. Yeah, I don't. I, I know she did when she became Secretary of State, but I don't remember. Yeah, yeah I don't know about the first round. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think the National Security Advisor is a um, step a step underneath the um, yeah Secretary. Uh, like they show yeah. up at cabinet meetings, but they're not actually in the cabinet. I mean, they're not like like the head of a. I'm going to make a feminist joke. So she was in the kitchen cabinet. Sorry. <laughs> that was bad. And that was Susan. just the way Trump would treat uh, Trump. <laughs> And Bush would treat her. Yeah, and Susan Rice was um, Obama's, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Because I, and she, she was, she was sort of interesting when they went to put her as Secretary of State. That that's when the, they pulled the rug out from under him. Remember that they were trying to move her over there. Yep. And she had done the Benghazi announcements, which, you know, really did in her reputation. So, as to what was happening during. Uh, the well, period. it was the the. Uh, Screaming about Benghazi was the uh, uh, Republican Party's uh, distraction of choice for dealing with, yeah. for crippling Obama and, and Hillary Clinton. So. Instead of saying we're not sure, that, that she was the one who actually said the words, there was a film, and there were crowds. And the, You know, going like I've seen conflicting reports. Apparently there there were there some was a demonstrations, film. And, there and there was a film, crowd, yeah. but it <laughs> sort of was unconnected to or piggybacked off of what actually happened. And, you know, like— and you you sent me a link just talking about things that you didn't know about or you weren't paying attention to or they're misportrayed in the news. Well, I do that a lot. The <laughs> the the Russian versus the U.S. piece that you sent me from. Um, oh, oh yeah, that was an amazing story. Yeah, I don't know if uh, I shared that with you, Stacy. There is. Um, it was a, in National Review, a which yeah. yeah. Well, the National <laughs> Review is is certainly a, it's a right wing rag, as we all know, but. <laughs> But they were linking to, you know, reports and, you know, other, you know, National Public Radio and Business Insider and yeah. various other sources that actually are more. It was actually some sort news. of interesting reporting because it was almost like you didn't see this in the news, but look at all these pieces here and and the reports and the transcript of the intercepted conversations. And so, so what the National Review was reporting was that there seems to have been an actual pitched battle between Russian soldiers and uh, U.S. soldiers in Syria about six, eight weeks ago. February 2nd, 3rd? I forget. You told me. I, 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 yeah. I don't remember the date. Um, we can link to the, to the piece, and people can chase down the, the, the links and see what they think. But basically— February um, 7th is what the Yes, okay, thank you, yes. <clears throat> so when I remember seeing reports about it in, on public radio and whatnot at the time, just saying, like, oh, it looks like there might have been some kind of skirmish where, like, you know, Americans and Russians were shooting at each other we in got Syria. got really close to each other. Yeah, and, yeah. because the Russians were trying to move in on uh, 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 help, help the Syrian government, and the U.S. was there, like, supporting— you know, people who are fighting against ISIS and, you know, they, they might have bumped into each other and, 
you know, it might have been it might have been a bit of a sticky wicket. What? Uh, some <laughs> of the tea might have been spilled. <laughs> and then they retreated to their corners, and everything was fine. Well, that doesn't sound like that's what actually happened. And <laughs> and uh, like there have been sort of reports that well, maybe maybe a few people got hurt, or maybe there might have been a couple of fatalities. And so the National Review reported that um, three hundred Russians that, <laughs> that supposedly something like five hundred Russians were you know uh, uh, soldiers and tanks apparently. You know, advanced on a U.S. position and were blown apart by artillery and U.S. attack helicopters and whatnot, leaving something like 200 dead on the battlefield. Wow. Yeah. And unreported by either Russia or the yes. U.S. And wow. completely downplayed. And the Allegedly testing us just to see, or they sent the mercenaries. Yeah. Were they, I forget well, they, they, they were. Or. They were Russian contractors. So, yes, mercenaries <laughs> from Russia, apparently employed by... You so know. Cossacks. Yeah, some, some, I don't know if they're ethnically Cossacks, but yes. Um, and uh, supposedly employed by uh, the Russian equivalent of Eric Prince, some... some uh, Blackwater w- folks or right. equivalents. Betsy DeVos's brother. Um, uh, but some, you know, some oligarch with ties to Vladimir Putin, and the uh, implication is that basically... This guy sent his his paid for soldiers who are not working for the Russian government. Oh no, this wasn't an actual confrontation between the Russian military and the U.S. military. But nevertheless, it wound up with um, the U.S. kicking the crap out of them. Yeah. Yes, Blasting and them being them very upset about that. Smithereens. So the Russians didn't mention it, and we didn't mention it. Right. Well. It, and the press, I remember I.F. Stone during the Vietnam War, and he'd read a report, and he'd tell you the, the whole story, but he'd have to prove it by about eight different reports, and he became really famous for using the Pentagon's own press releases to show what they actually did. This kind of felt like that. It, yeah. You know, that the, the National Review had actually said, look over here and over here, and then this, and the same date, and here are the transcripts. And so obviously the U.S. knew they were coming enough to really be ready for them. I mean, they really— Or they were just— they're just able to respond to very, they're on very, a hair very trigger and yeah. yeah which they might be in a war zone I, I suppose that's possible yeah I mean Syria is just it is oh and the Turks have surrounded um, I forget which city where the um, Kurds are Kurds are because they think they're connected yeah. to the PKK oh which you know if they weren't before they're gonna be and Russia you know, because I mean you might as well you know make deals with with those people and, and work with them if if you're going to be killed for collaborating with them anyway so yeah, if like they, absolutely they, they were saying that they were not connected to the Kurdish people's uh, Kurdish workers party the PKK in Turkey but if I mean, you were the point, PKK in Turkey you'd be going can we help you guys yeah <laughs> yeah exactly can we like, help like, you? like if they aren't allied they will be <laughs> they will be soon it's it's interesting because you see all these pieces lining up again. And then the Russians, we think, right, poisoned um, the spy and his daughter right in, right in the in, city in London, yeah, in yeah, London. with nerve gas, which with, and with a special nerve gas that the Russians have developed. I forget what it's called, Novichok or Novichek, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, and it's um, it 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 doesn't fit into any of the categories that are listed. Yeah, but I everybody knows about it and that they had it and they developed it. And well, and there was a, an article in the in the Guardian saying. You know, like uh, talking to a scientific expert who's saying, like, well, there's no way this was this was, uh, you know, a private, you know, grudge or, you know, a you non-state come up with that stuff. <laughs> a non-state actor. Yeah, I'm so impressed. You go from the National Review to the Guardian. That's like <laughs> <laughs> the range, Mike. The range you have. <laughs> 
sorry. Yes, but I, 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 I read the National Review while holding my nose. You know. <laughs> Get a little clothespin out, you know. <laughs> well, sometimes it, it give, does give you to just, you know, I do the same thing. I, I read yeah. across the all of them but it really gives you a sense of what the story is because they all take their own take on yeah. it but you do get a sense of well, the center well sometimes and, and to go further i at least sort of agree with the national review's conclusion at the end of them saying like there's this 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 story this could be a big deal you know like it, it's one thing that there are diplomatic tensions between the u.s and the so and the russians <laughs> soviets <laughs> <laughs> freudian slip <laughs> <laughs> yes this th that there's diplomatic tension and you know the russians are apparently trying to mess with our electoral process and 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 hack and our, our grid our electrical grid is that yeah yeah they've our, hacked it a fair amount our nuclear the uh, nuclear power plants power plants too yeah because they can See, they're all connected by the internet. It's Al Gore's fault for inventing the mm. internet. So I always knew he was a commie plant. <laughs> well, I would just like to say, Please. as the resident uh, socialist slash commie uh, sympathizer, you know, I, you are I, looking awfully pink tonight. <laughs> I, I would say that you know the National Review is well, it is definitely uh, conservative in its bent. It is actually a decent. It can be factual. It, it's a, it's a, it can have some good facts in it. So yeah. I just like to well, put like put that slate. out there. Slate that is like that. You know, you're reading and you go, oh, oh, okay, I hadn't heard that. Slate is gospel truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Big brother told me so. <laughs> Stefan <laughs> likes Slate. I think he. I yeah, I, I, yeah. I read Slate all the time. But, yeah. You know. I, I like the Washington Post I, these days. I, I <laughs> I'm about as liberal a, a person as you'll find in any country club in this country. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm a Washington Post kind of gal, but yeah. you know, and I have some of the alts in my feeds as well. Go so look and see what for in up. for yeah. instance, the Intercept, which is a very interesting mix of pro-Russia, uh, anti-American, but also very willing to talk about the sort of stuff that we're not talking about generally. Uh, that's Glenn Greenwald's uh, new. Um, alternative news source and uh i used to really like glenn greenwald uh and then he kind of went off the deep end a bit um so uh, i definitely read that with a grain of salt but sometimes it's pretty interesting see what they've found and yeah. you can exactly chase it. you can start to chase it or follow it yeah. well i certainly like the the national review after laying out the case that there might have been like an actual pitched battle between american Hundreds soldiers troops and <laughs> russian soldiers and, and that, we won. And well, miracle on ice. Oh yeah. no, wait, it's not snowing over there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose, I suppose it's better that uh, uh, American soldiers <laughs> prevailed and weren't killed, but it's still pretty horrible, regardless. I mean, you know, but it makes it easier to hide. Of, well, I suppose that's true. And but hundreds of people still died, and and that's not good, even if they're Russians. Um, in Syria. In Syria. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, 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 w I would like all the murdering to stop, uh, pretty please. I, I, I realize that makes me some kind of lunatic. But well, look at all the folks that are trying to get out of um, Syria right now. And yeah, just, well, oh, I, I, Afreen, I, it's, it's... I mean, bad enough you've got the, the tyranny of, of the Assad regime, but you've also got, like, Russian mercenaries and American special forces and various freedom fighters <sighs> in various stripes all fighting. I mean, it's... Sounds like World War One is about to kick off, right? It, it, All it took was one uh, one death, and well, and it sounds like a like an ongoing sort of Balkan skirmish or whatever. Yeah, know? I think it's more 
reminiscent of the Balkans than yeah. of then World one War thing's going to light a yeah. light a match. I well, I, yeah, and I'm like look, I'm trying to remember what exactly what set off the Crimean War, but I seem to remember it was a lot of like local skirmishing and whatnot, just sort of snowballed and suddenly. You know, you've got people Ameri- pick sides and America, uh, uh, the you know Britain and Russia fighting each other, you know, all the way over there. Yeah. So. Right. So, but anyway, so uh, we have to take a break in a moment. But just so I agree with the National Review in that, in light of all this, uh, Congress, especially the Senate, needs to to uh, uh, make it clear that military action in Syria, and also while we're at it, how about Yemen, where the the Saudi government is basically being propped up and conducting a brutal campaign against civilians there. Um, but uh, we need to have new specific authorizations of the use of force. Oh, like, M-A-U-F, like, yeah. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> or God forbid, declarations of war. But the, um, yeah, like 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 the, the, the post-9-11 one from 2001, 2002, these are... You know, the, the, we're gone far beyond uh, the Where scope of the those. Where does the Levant go to? I remember you and George educated me on the Levant. Well, <laughs> it's it's that sort of east coast of the Mediterranean, but like the because um, that's what they're calling it, right? That this right, is but the, the this is considered well. A, but the authorization for the use of force, and you know, they referred to like like originally was about nine eleven, so they went to Afghanistan, <laughs> and then Bush said, "Well, it's Iraq's fault, so we're going into Iraq." But, you know. Uh, we should talk about what we're doing. We should actually have a national discussion about this. Now, the National Review says Congress should should get off its butt and authorize specific use of force and, <laughs> and, and, and vote some more money to the military so we can beef up our presence there. And I'm... But you agree with the accountability. You just don't agree, I agree with, with the with outcome. Accountability. <laughs> Here's the thing, and, and I guess we can go to break after this, and you guys can tell me why you disagree with this but it seems to me that if congress wants to vote don't push the button yet I <laughs> people at home can't see her yes, hand like, like her hand something moved over to the board <laughs> and it wasn't my microphone she was going for right no actually you know what why don't we take a break now and we can talk about this more when we come back that was probably the, the smart power thing. of the stacy right <laughs> all right so this is a uh, civil politics here on valley free radio we're going to play a couple of psa's uh show announcements and other other goodies to keep the fcc happy and then we'll be back more to talk about this in just a couple of minutes don't go away we'll be right back Classical music on Valley Free Radio. Tune in to Andy Musik Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. for an hour of beautiful music to start your day. Hosted by Lucy and Larry. This is Ruthie from Pedal People with a public service announcement. If you frequent downtown Northampton or Florence and you pass by the recycling and trash bins on the street, the public ones, I'm here to let you know that cups are not recyclable. No plastic cups, no paper cups, no styrofoam cups, no clear cups, red cups, blue cups, yellow cups, no insulated cups. Because if you put cups in the recycling bin, it means either I pick them out or someone at the sorting facility picks them out in Springfield, or it contaminates the whole load too much that the whole load is considered trash. Or if you can just bring your own cup all together and not have disposable cups, that'd be even better. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your cooperation. Did you know there is a CSA from which you can get locally brewed beer shares? Or that there is a delivery service that can bring produce from local farms to your door every week? 
Farm to Fork is a radio program dedicated to revealing the history of the food system in the Pioneer Valley and exploring the bounty the valley has to offer. The program tackles the complex issues surrounding food, drink, and every kind of nutrient with their individual production schemes and consumer markets. These topics and more Tuesdays at 7 p.m. on Farm to Fork, Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, WXOJLP, Northampton. I'm Rachel Maddow with the Pioneer Valley Planning Commission and the Franklin Regional Council of Governments for Valley Free Radio. Reminding you that legally, bicycles are vehicles and bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities and should observe the same rules as motorists. For more information on bicycle rights and safety, go to www.massbike.org. You are listening to Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM. I'm Mayor David Narkowitz, and I support Northampton's community radio station. Hi, I'm Charlie. I fight fires, and I save lives. My name's Renee. I'm a cardiologist. I save lives. My name's Anthony. I'm an EMT. I save lives. You don't have to be a professional to save a life. Firefighters, doctors, and others save lives. You can, too. Don't wait. To learn more about the warning signs and how you can help prevent suicide, visit save.org. In a crisis, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. By now, you have heard that using compact fluorescent light bulbs, or CFLs, can save you money on your energy bill. But have you heard that there is a law requiring Massachusetts residents to recycle them? Keep in mind, they can't be recycled curbside, so do your part. Drop off your used CFLs at your local participating retailer. For more information on recycling and where to do it, visit lamprecycle.org Massachusetts. And thank you. And we are back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow. Once again, remembering that I need to wait for the nice control person to actually push the button before I start talking. <laughs> you know, about how long have I been doing this show? A <laughs> little while. She's the enforcer. Not long enough, clearly. <laughs> You and who disobey will be punished. So. Right. <laughs> and I'm joined by the brains of the operation, Sue Timberlake and Stacey Cooney. <laughs> One brain between us, is that it? <laughs> well, it's more than I've got. I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm just the pretty face. <laughs> oh, good to know. And we're on radio. So. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> I got nice gams, too. <laughs> I heard that. I heard about that. It's the first thing I heard when we were talking. No, never mind. Right. <laughs> so, Mike, you were about to propose some sort of outrageous idea and ask us to... Uh, I, I thought I was so, a Republican conservative. Well, I have... I, uh, well, I... See, I honestly... and fish, I Fish or cut bait? Is that a summary? Basically, yeah. Yeah, we were... Like, I think either we should recognize that it's an absolute... You know, quagmire, snake pit, um, uh, turd, uh, turd sandwich, dumpster fire, what, turd sandwich, whatever that what you want Gates to call called it. it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just an absolute horror show in in Syria. Uh, it it's 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 an appalling human tragedy, and uh, it doesn't show any signs of stopping. And I, Iran is fueling it. Saudi's on the other right. side. We're right. Russia. Everybody's and, got their... And, you know, and the Israelis mix are, it, it up. will stick in an oar sometimes, too, <laughs> if they feel the need. Yeah. And... Bomb a few things. 
Right. And, you know, and, and the heck of it is, like... People are I, getting I, hurt. Right. P- <laughs> people are getting hurt on all sides, and there's all kinds of different interests. And, and one of the reasons why this is dragging on so long is nobody wants to push too hard because they don't want to wind up, you know, toppling over, uh, like, a domino that's going to gonna support... That's supporting... I'm sorry, mixing the metaphor. They don't, they don't <laughs> want to wind up me- messing up something that they want, that they that they like. So they're not they don't want to push too hard, and and it's just dragging on, and more people are dying. And I think either the United States should pull out of it, or else if we're if we're actually really want to be involved in this horrible scrum, then I think Congress should 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 vote to declare war, and we should honestly do it you know as you See, were mentioning even the colin you, powell approach you know saying like, right we're going to raise half a million more soldiers and we're going to go in and you know with hundreds and this of tanks is our and, goal and this is yeah yeah we, we well and and maybe it winds up we being well well uh, maybe it winds up being what the roman empire used to do uh when they had trouble in the levant uh mostly because the hebrews were, were rising up under hadrian and whatnot but eventually they got to the point where they uh the famous phrase is they made a desert and they called it peace mm-hmm. and that's a terrible idea but i th- i think like if that's if we really want to try and solve this problem with force of arms i think that's the only way you solve it with force of arms and well why if we would can't... we want to solve it i mean i guess that's the <laughs> underlying question that all right well for one thing i would say that uh as human beings the atrocities in syria are definitely something that it's clear that no one on the ground locally is interested in doing much about other than perpetuating. Yeah. And I mean, they, they want to fight until they win, so. Exactly. Or die. I, I think that's sort of implicit in any sort of wartime fight to the yeah. death. But nobody really says, like, I look forward to being killed for my, well, you know. <laughs> well, and one of the things that I wanted to if say I have about. But one life to live. Yeah. The military uh, issue is I am all for military upgrading for a humanitarian quote-unquote war in Syria, except I don't want them to charge one more penny. What they should do is get rid of all of the junk programs they have that are churning out, for instance, F-35s F-35s and tanks that sit in giant graveyards in California and all of the other things that they're doing for some big business, you know, military industrial complex uh, crony who has a, uh, you know, is has a factory making these things. So... They want to. They want to beef up the military, trim the fat. I I I don't disagree. Uh, well, and, and also, while they're at it, raise taxes on the rich because. Well, yes. We, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna go to war, we should actually pay for it. I, one of the many reasons why I think George W. Bush was a terrible president, uh, arguably, really, possibly, still the really still the worst president we've ever had, is he got us into two wars only one of which had any kind of something resembling a good reason and all of them bankrupted us right and all of them were were paid for with deficits see he wasn't a conservative really i i I, (laughs) maybe his dad was but he sure wasn't i i I agree but i but nevertheless like you know he was the conservative and obama was the crazy liberal and you know that's 
as we've said before, that's that's the Republican Party these days. Yeah, you know? that's the that's the argument. But I guess I want to go back to the question: Is why do we? You're saying like we should either get in or get out. We should we should decide what we're doing and do it because this way we're just we're just like, you know, it's like Vietnam. We're just sort of humming along. Well, expanding Vietnam, we commit we committed uh, quite heavily to. There were like eventually, but well, but for 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 more than more than three or four or five years, there were like at least three hundred thousand soldiers there. Yeah. You know, we were. We, we absolutely doubled down, and in and, Iraq and, we had two fifty, I think, at the sure. high point. Sure, so. but but we had a major mobilization in we Vietnam, and, all... and and blew up a lot of stuff and killed. What's the number? Is it two million people? We never crossed Something over like into Cambodia. Fingers crossed. Or Laos. <laughs> or Laos. Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. No. Nope. Yeah. And well, that that two million is not just a woeful underestimation. Yeah. I have yeah. no idea if it's a woeful underestimation or not. Even if it isn't. It's too many. I mean, it's, it's it's a shocking number of people. So, but here's here's the question: Why, why, why are we going in there? Why are so we mixing take... it up with Russia? Why are we mixing it up with Iran and Syria? Well, the the, why ups, the ostensible we, reason we're why doing are it, we selling weapons to Saudi Arabia like huge volumes of that's Trump that well, did that. The, he well, didn't start this the, stuff. Well, but. the the ostensible reason is we're in there because we want to destroy ISIS, ISIL, Daesh, whatever you want to call them. You know, the the sort of the successor group to Al Qaeda. Because they're terrorists and they're bad. And they took over. They had this whole... Yeah. Um, uh, They've tried to reestablish a caliphate. In, caliphate. Yeah, and yeah. now they're mm-hmm. pushed back to where they... Right. And and in some ways, that's been very successful, pushing yeah, yeah. it back to... Oh, yeah. No, we we've, 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 we've managed to, to defeat them militarily. And, and, and we're supporting Russia's the Saudis point. because they're major sources of our oil supply. And we want to keep uh, sort of that regime, which is amenable to U.S. business interests in power in... But not women. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Women and money don't mix. Didn't you know that? Oh. So, well, but yeah, but so that's that's the ostensible reason. But I think Stacy has a more cogent well, analysis. And, and to what answer. I was really trying to get was oh, your sorry. point was why would you want to go in and clean? What would be your goal to stop the fighting? Is that that's the? I was just trying to get what your goal was that you Me said personally, we, sh- we should right, either right. fish or cut bait. All right. If all right. So I, I definitely want you guys to weigh in, but like like. I guess, in a nutshell, if we were going to do this, the point would be to say, okay, there's all this squabbling and fighting, and and, and it's it's horrible, and uh, we're going to stop it, you know? Like, you know, everybody in Syria who doesn't want to get killed, drop your guns, go home, sit down, and shut up. And, you know... Uh, uh, for better or for worse, uh, if we wanted to as a nation, we can make that happen militarily. See, I don't now, think we can. Oh, I, yeah. no, I, I think we can, at least in the short term. But like once we get everybody to actually stop fighting, it's, once we turn it from a war zone into an occupation zone, then what happens? And maybe possibly we could find some ways to like work out to build enough local interest and support especially if it's like we have a you know a seven-year timetable like by you know 18 months after we put first put soldiers in the ground we will be holding you know uh municipal elections or we'll have a transitional government and then we'll do this and then there'll be a new constitution and you know this you know like if there was some kind of plan for like we will be gone in seven years so once the fighting is stopped you guys have to sort this crap out and we'll put you you know get you all to a table together but like yeah you know, it's going to be up to you guys to, to sort this out once the fighting is over. 
you know, and and it'll help if we say like, okay, Assad regime, fine, take all the money you stole and go hide somewhere where there's no extradition treaty. Go hide in Saudi Arabia or the United Arab Emirates or wherever. Just keep your heads down and and don't bother us anymore. Russia, and, I think, is where he. Yeah, or be. Russia, and we'll leave you alone. You know that kind of thing, and maybe. It's not impossible that that could wind up ultimately improving things. I wouldn't want to bet hundreds of thousands of lives on it necessarily um, because I'm very dubious about the ability of of force to solve problems or at least problems beyond like the immediate like, oh, God, they're trying to kill us or whatever, you know. But I'm just saying, like, if if we're going to be militarily involved and we have the world's biggest military by ridiculous margins and we have all this military equipment and we're willing to spend all this money on defense, like, what's it for? You know, I mean, especially if we say, like, the U.S. national defense goes beyond, like, making sure that, the, you know, the Canadians aren't sneaking over to you know, drown us in maple syrup, uh, you know, or whatever. <laughs> you know, they're not planning to next Detroit or whatever. You know, like, like we don't have that many actual territorial threats to the United States, which is great. But, but the if inhabitants we're say, of like, Detroit say, please, please, yeah. No, no, <laughs> please. maybe we should let them take Michigan. But um, uh, that would be Canada. the humane thing to do. Um, but, you know, if we're going to say, like, U.S. interests, U.S. national security includes things that happen in Europe and things that happen in the Middle East and things that happen in Asia, you know, at some point— uh, you know, U.S. national defense means actually being willing to fight. And I don't particularly have much interest in fighting or, or, or sending uh, uh, Americans to die for oil companies, but sending Americans to, 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 to basically be the, 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 the big stick person, you know, you, you know, be the bully who says, all right, everybody's going to stop fighting now, or I'm going to hit you really hard. Everybody stop. You know, I like hit, like I'll hit you so hard it'll kill your whole family. Right, that kind of thing. Yeah, and it's like so <laughs> so everybody knocks it off, and and you know uh, whatever else. Uh, I think people all over the world are scared of the U.S. military with good reason. See, I'm more isolationist. I just but I, know I don't. Stay I don't. Safe. I, I'm I'm I very much think isolationism is probably a smarter approach in this case. I'm just saying if that's not how we're gonna go. I'd if, save it for your. I'd save it for the U.K. and defending them from what Russia just did. Wait. Uh, the UK? You think they're going to go 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 into civil war because of Brexit? No, no. I mean because they're going to go after the Russians. They're going after them pretty hard, given what they just did. And if the second well, death is, they'll invoke th- Article Three, if uh, or is it? It's Article Three of NATO, I think. That, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, if if so, if, I think we should keep our powder dry for Europe. <laughs> that would be my opinion. But Stacy, I'm sorry, I cut you off before. So it's okay. Um, so I would say that the reason for going into Syria. Is militarily militarily is to create a base of spaces in the Middle East that are actually stable and have some oh, safe zones, safe zones, and also in order to have places in the Middle East that are considered to be actually under the sphere of influence of the U.S. And to be militarily under control because we are still constantly on the brink of real issues in the Middle East beyond just Syria. 
And so strategically, from a U.S. perspective, not necessarily my personal feelings, absolutely not. But, um, you know, I think that that taking care of Syria, getting rid of Assad, um, because part of it, too, is that in a lot of ways, Assad is one of our mistakes. He is, too. <laughs> he he Saddam is Hussein, Shah of Iran, the long list of Noriega. Absolutely. Oh, interesting. Well, the Assad regime has been clients of the Russians back before when they were the Soviet Union, but yeah, no, I'm not saying that we're solely responsible for them, but, but they're sort have... of like Libya and, and uh, um, Egypt. We we knew it was going to happen before it happened, is what yeah. I'm saying. Oh, okay. It was very clear what was going to happen, what Assad was going to do, and we didn't do anything. Until the red line, sort of. Until he started to Gassing. actually... Yeah, gas his people. Gas his people. And yes, obviously, there's something to be said for the fact that, you know, you don't want to send the CIA in to extrajudicially kill him based on the fact that he said things. You know, I, I'm also not in favor of that. But I feel like there were places wherein we could have done something before no the so. killing started. Well, uh, and I, I remember going back years ago, and I, I, uh, one of the things that reasons I uh, respect Barack Obama as a, as our president was that he was like, you know, I don't have authorization to do that, you know, I I, I don't have the military uh, the authority from Congress to just send soldiers and do this, and you know, like I can't, like, do I re- and do I really want to try, you know, after our disastrous adventure in Iraq, do I really want to try and solve a problem in you know, the neighboring country of Syria with a a military force and a U.S. invasion. You know, and I agree with him. And I I still think that makes sense. I I just, you know, it's horrible what's happening. But I think either we have to recognize that there's really not much we can do and we should stay out of it or else, you know. (laughs) I'd, uh, I'd, I'd tell that to all of the people who were killed by drone strikes in all sorts of places where we're not technically oh, supposed Obama to be. Was, yeah. yes. Obama, he talked a good game, but he killed a lot of people in a lot of places that we had no business even being in. Fair point. So you think we should have used more drone strikes in Syria or any? Or I don't say that I have the answer. I'm just saying that we let this get to a point because we're we, watching the wrong ball. Well, and also we have given up the fact that we were supposed to be, if you if you look at our history, and World's again, policeman. this is, exactly, and it's not that, again, this isn't my necessarily my personal opinion, since, the, but since World War II anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. The point is, is that the U.S. has been looked to as the world's policeman. And, you know, I remember watching an interview with Assad on, with like Diane Sawyer or someone, <laughs> where it was clear what was going to happen. It was absolutely clear what was going to happen. I mean, and this is him bragging about it practically on, you know, national television. Do you think that we, um, you know, we were friends with Noriega, I'm going back a little bit, in Panama. Um, and then and then when we did, turned against him, all of a sudden there was a lot of stories, the character assassination, stories that were probably true but have been suppressed. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, we do oh, yeah. an awful lot of that. Our our military CIA is yeah. involved in a real lot of that. And when I read the press, I I also am a little paranoid. But it's it's sort of interesting how they go from being okay to, you know, these evildoers. I mean, yeah. the same with Saddam Hussein. 
Well, yeah. I mean, I think that part of the reason that we didn't go after Assad initially is because he was westernized, quote unquote. He was given us something that we... And he... The Pakistani leader, I can't remember. Mush- no, remember. <coughs> Syria was one of the places that the when the CIA wanted somebody tortured but didn't want to do it themselves, they'd send them to oh, Syria or site? Egypt. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Extraordinary and, rendition. Uh, yes. So again, he is partially so our responsibility. When you lie down with dogs, you get up with fleas? That that we've uh, that we've been in bed with a lot of these. Folks. I, I think it's I think it's more a case of we lay down with with, with dogs and now we've woke up, gotten up with Lyme disease. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that is, th- I, you know, because that's more of a neurological long term kind of chronic thing. Yeah, well, I think that's actually a pretty appropriate <laughs> comparison. And, I, and you know, and in the end, it boils down to. Uh, What's our role in the world? Well, and and, and I think <laughs> the lives of people in Syria matter. And I would like us to do more to help those. Do they matter more than your son or daughter's life? Uh, well, I don't have kids, but you know, yeah. Uh, I mean, if it no, no, I don't think they matter more, but they don't matter less. You know, and I just see photos of like you know children covered in blood sitting dazed in hospitals, and I'm just like, can't we do something about this? And I guess the short answer is not really, unless we really want to take over. And what a horrible solution that is. And right next to that news know. story, I'm going to show what a hideous person I am. Yep. There's the story about the little um, uh, miniature boxer that was on United flight that they put in oh, the overhead. Oh, yeah, thing. yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, what is wrong with United? And so my focus goes there and I go, well, maybe that's something I can do something about versus the kids in Syria. Oh, well, maybe that's because you notice somebody uh, somebody wants to introduce a law. You know, a senator was saying, I'll introduce a law to make that illegal to put That's animals like, in overhead compartments. It should be common sense illegal. Plus, it wasn't. They never put animals in the overhead compartments. I don't know why. I don't know why. But, you know, well, it's, I'm just saying, like, like forget forget Syria for just a moment. <laughs> like, well, we want to ban putting animals in overhead compartments on airplanes. But, you know, thoughts and prayers for the people in Parkland. Yeah. Sandy Hook. Yep. Well, I think that Wherever. there's a... There's a big competition for what the U.S. can do, and I think we're overstretched. I, I think that we are using our money in the wrong spots, and we're doing things that aren't particularly effective. So well, I, I that's don't dis- my position. I, I don't disagree with you. And, of course, I blame the Republicans for it entirely. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think that there is a real psychological issue there, that it's much yep. easier to think about what you can do to yell at United. A U.S. company that everybody's going to have hearings and we you can know, drag them and, into Congress. And, and you start a Twitter war. and Social media. and Yeah. And, it, and it's fierce. And it's a lot harder to look at Syrian children who are, you know, lying in a hospital bed maimed. That just got bombed, the hospital bed. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a lot harder for someone to envision how they can help and that's that's a very real thing and i don't want to discount that yeah but i think that it's very important for us to really look at the kinds of things that we value and if we social media campaign versus actually putting our boots and taking care of it yeah and i think that you know um even though i i understand the protect the protectionist idea of just keep to ourselves and, you know, do watch, Avoid watch those, alliances. watch those Canadian, you know, <laughs> tricksters up there. With their yeah. But the thing is, is that. Directive approach, a la Star Trek, yeah. But the problem is, is that what happens is that then you let go of what happens in the rest of the world 
And what happens when other people start to do things that are going to impact you directly? China burning all those fossil fuels. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, direct attacks on U.S. soil. And if we are sitting... And like in 2001. Yeah. And if we're just sitting there, you know, twiddling our thumbs saying we don't listen to, we, yeah. we, we don't, don't see anything, we don't care yep. that you're mad, we don't care that you're dying, you know, I think that that has real geopolitical consequences as well. Mm-hmm. I think that protectionism does not work, especially when you are a country like America that is so in the face of everything. I think it would be good... I think if our foreign policy got more back to the core American values of, of, of recognizing that, like, human lives matter. I mean, you know, we all have these basic human rights, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness and whatnot, you know, and that boils down to, like, people matter. We care about people. And, uh, you know, doesn't matter if they're Syrian or Muslim or what, however you want to define them. If they're people, we care. And I think we should do more. We should, we should conduct our national affairs more that way, and I don't think we do that enough. I think we've lost our sort of moral high ground a little bit. Oh, God. I, if we ever yeah. had it, it's way gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or any any yeah. Yeah, pretensions of that. A- and I'm getting the, the signal from... Uh, <laughs> the enforcer. From the enforcer. <laughs> that uh, We're nearly done. Well, actually, we're slightly over time. So uh, we're going to wrap up civil politics here tonight. Stacey, did you have a last word? or? No, I'm good. All right. I'm right. good. Yeah. All right. Save it for next week. There'll right. be plenty. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you for listening to Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, coming up uh, later tonight, we have Subculture, Table of Contents, and OK Asia. Uh, some great music programs, definitely worth listening to. Uh, and we'll be back with more Civil Politics again next Friday. So I hope you'll join us then. Until then, thanks for listening. Good night. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro and thank you for listening.